0: Welcome to Saturday Story Circle, always on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 6 The next morning, Abigail opened up the detective agency and settled behind her desk to wait for a client. This was the part of detective work that Abigail enjoyed the least. The part where you sat and pretended to be very interested in a book while you tried not to wonder if you were ever going to get another case again. She had not been in business for very long, and there had been no real shortage of detective work, in spite of the quiet, innocent face that Beechnut Street put on for casual visitors. But there was no love in her heart for waiting." Abigail liked to have a case. She liked to be busy. She liked to be needed. And she liked to be earning whatever modest fee she could get for her work. It was fun to be the expert, and it was exciting to have a problem to solve. Most of all, it kept you from having to say the word please. When a detective was on a job, all that mattered was that she was right and the job get done. No one cared if you were polite. In fact, it was usually better if you weren't. But so far, on this particular day, there wasn't even anyone that she needed to be nice to. It seemed like the paperback mystery that she was reading might not survive the morning at this rate. The door from the house opened, and Jeremy walked into the room. He had slept late, and from the look of him, not very well, though Abigail had to admit that he always kind of looked like that. She said nothing, and did not look away from her book, though she was at this point entirely pretending to read. "'Hey,' he said, not really stepping into the space. "'Hey yourself,' Abigail said, looking at him briefly and then turning back to her book. "'What are you reading?' he asked. "'Not a thing,' Abigail said, partly because it was actually true, but mostly because it sounded like she was being difficult— and she hadn't entirely decided yet that this was not how she preferred to play things with her brother. Jeremy looked around uncomfortably for a moment and then pulled the door shut behind himself, leaving him well and truly in the office for the first time. "'Was there something you needed?' she asked, not trying to pick a fight, but not wanting him to break out the dumbbells in the middle of office hours either. "'No?' he said with a shrug, looking casual. Jeremy was an excitable guy, who talked with a lot of enthusiasm and waved his hands in the air a lot. He only looked casual when he was trying to look casual. And he only did that when something was important enough for him to actually put a level of conscious effort into his interpersonal relationships, which was not often. So that meant that he was up to something, as far as Abigail was concerned, but... She decided to play it cool. "'So this is your office now,' he said, and it did not sound like a question. "'It is,' she said, still not turning to him, but not doing a very good job of pretending she was reading from her book either. There was an awkward silence. She turned and looked at him at last, still standing beside the door, not quite ready to step into the room for some reason.' He had some papers in his hand, but they were folded over, as if he did not want to advertise their contents. She raised her eyebrows questioningly, but said nothing. He half-smiled, almost sheepishly, and stepped into the garage. He leaned to his right as if to look out the open door toward the street, but did it much too quickly to actually be interested in anything that he might have seen." He walked forward to the desk and lifted the framed newspaper article and pretended to read it. "'Yes?' Abigail asked. Jeremy shrugged. "'So you're a detective now?' he asked. Abigail nodded, wondering where this was going, and if her brother was always this awkward when he was trying to make conversation, which might explain why he did not have a girlfriend.' Yes, she said cautiously. Why, he asked. Why what, she replied. Why a detective, he said with a half shrug. Couldn't hack it in the lemonade stand business, she said, closing her book. Too much competition, too much overhead. Is this your hard-boiled banter, he asked. She smiled. Part of the job, she said. It's not bad, is it? Can you switch it off, he asked, only if I want to? she said, and I never seemed to want to. "'Okay,' he said. And there was another awkward pause. Abigail took her feet off the desk and sat up straight. She folded her hands on top of one another on the desk in front of her and waited for whatever penny was about to drop. "'I'm sorry,' Jeremy said at last. Abigail frowned. "'I'm sorry?' "'I don't think I could have possibly heard that correctly,' she said. "'Jeremy snorted. (laughs) "'I mean it. I'm sorry about yesterday. "'I'm sorry I messed up your... space. "'Office,' she corrected him. "'Whatever,' he said with another shrug. "'I'm sorry is all.' "'Abigail nodded, surprised, but not put out by this turn of events. "'I accept your apology,' she said. "'I guess I had it coming,' he said. "'not looking at her. "'I don't know what you're talking about,' Abigail lied. "'Cut it out,' Jeremy said seriously. "'You know all about Mom and Dad getting rid of my stuff.' "'Did someone get rid of your stuff?' Abigail asked innocently. "'How terrible!' "'Knock it off,' Jeremy grimaced. "'You must have been listening on the stairs. "'I showed you that spot.' "'I beg your pardon,' Abigail said, astonished.' The spot near the top of the stairs where you can hear everything in the house, he said. I showed you that when you were two or three. Abigail stared at her brother, baffled. You mean that my thing that I do on the stairs is actually your thing that I do because you did it first? Jeremy shrugged again. The sequence of events was not important to him. I guess, he said. (sighs) Why am I not surprised, Abigail said, tossing her book on the desktop in mild disgust. What's wrong? he asked. Skip it, she said, crossing her arms and slinking down in her chair before she realized how much she looked like she was a pouting little sister. She had been enjoying a rare upper hand with her brother, and suddenly she felt she might have let it slip away. She looked up. Jeremy was looking at the newspaper article, "'but his eyes were not scanning the page "'the way they would have if he were actually reading it. "'Abigail concluded that this meant "'he was only pretending to read the newspaper story, "'and if he was pretending to read the newspaper story, "'he was covering for something else. "'She could not guess what that something might be, "'but recognized only one obvious unknown factor "'that might give her a clue. "'What's with the papers?' she asked. "'Huh?' he responded, as if he had been deeply involved in the article that he wasn't really reading. "'You have papers in your hand,' Abigail said, calmly and professionally. "'The recycling boxes have been at the side of the house for at least ten years, so that isn't why you carry them out to the garage. You knew that I was in here, so I assume that you are bringing them to me. And you haven't told me what they are yet, so my guess is that you're working up to something. Why don't we cut to the chase?' "'Where are you getting these detective books anyway?' Jeremy said, dumbfounded at her tough-guy routine, which was excellent. "'Don't change the subject,' Abigail said, because she did not want to mention that Timothy kept bringing the books to her. He had the entire public library at his disposal, and had standing instructions to bring her novels with solvable mysteries so that she could hone her skills.' It was a useful task for an associate to perform, but she did not want to talk to her brother about Timothy, as he had a recent history of being a jerk about the subject. "'The papers,' she said, raising her feet back onto the desk, which she found that she could do easily from her slouched-down position in the chair, bringing her back into the scene and putting her firmly in control of it. Jeremy looked at her without expression for a moment. Abigail waited calmly. "'Calmly.' He flinched, like he was about to bolt back into the house without a revelation of any kind. Abigail shrugged and reached for her book on the table, as if she couldn't possibly care much less, which was increasingly close to the truth. "'I want my stuff back,' Jeremy said suddenly. Abigail blinked at him in astonishment. "'I don't have your stuff,' she said. "'I want to know who does,' he insisted." Abigail fought very hard not to break into a wide grin. Jeremy Brannigan, she said in astonishment. Did you come here to hire your little sister's detective agency? Jeremy made a face like he smelled something awful. I just... I just need some help, he said. That is what I do. Abigail nodded, taking her feet off the desk and sitting up straight and professional once again. I help people. Good? Jeremy said suspiciously. For money, Abigail clarified. I'm not here to play, Jeremy protested. Neither am I, Abigail said. What about the papers? Jeremy seemed to think about it for a moment, but he unfolded the papers and handed them over to Abigail. This is what's missing, he said. "'As far as I can tell.' There were two pieces of lined paper, with itemized lists of missing belongings, written with Jeremy's usual disregard for the lines on the page. The list included several sets of action figures, which Abigail was sure he had not played within years, each with a sub-list of figures and accessories that belonged to the set in question." The list also included a red jacket, described in some detail which had been far too small for him, but which apparently had some importance to him that the list did not make clear, and a list marked other toys, which was mostly a list of names that had long been given to various stuffed animals and which Abigail only knew because she had grown up in the same house as them. After the handwritten notes, there were a large number of pages which Jeremy had printed off his computer, which listed his entire library of comic book issues, all of which had been shuffled out of his life by the fiendish hand of their well-meaning mother. Abigail had to admit that the list was impressive. Her brother had not been seen with a comic book in his hand since he was sixteen, but the list included the title, the number, and a code assigned to each, whether it was in mint... "'Near Mint or Very Good Condition. "'None of Jeremy's comics seemed to be rated less than Very Good, "'at least in his opinion. "'Each entry also listed a value, "'some of which were surprisingly high. "'Abigail flipped the pages and whistled "'as the dollars and cents flashed before her eyes. "'Lots of detail on the comic books,' she said, "'looking over the top of her pages at her brother.' "'I made the list years ago and printed it off when I realized they were gone,' he said, nodding. "'These dollar values,' Abigail asked. "'Are these for real?' "'I got them out of a price guide,' Jeremy said. "'It's the industry standard, but the list is out of date. "'They're probably worth more now.' Abigail whistled again. She began to see why her brother might have been so upset to find things missing which he didn't seem to use anymore. She flipped page after page of comics, mentally tabulating the possible value of the treasure she was being asked to hunt, and calculating a price for her services. "'It's a lot of money,' Jeremy said, unaware of the fact that he was helping to drive up her price. "'It is,' Abigail said, shuffling the pages back to their original order. "'I get five dollars a day, plus expenses,' she said. "'What?' Jeremy said, outraged. I came to ask for your help. I am happy to provide you with the very best help in the business, Abigail said, holding the papers out if Jeremy wished to try his luck with another detective agency. The help in question happens to cost five dollars a day, plus expenses. And no promises other than I'll try my best. (sighs) I could find these things myself, you know, he protested. How's that working out for you so far, she asked. What am I supposed to do, her brother wailed. Can't ask Mom who she donated it to. Can't you, Abigail said innocently, offering the papers again. You know I can't, Jeremy said darkly, thrusting his hands into his pockets without taking the list. Abigail grinned. I get five dollars a day, plus expenses, she said again, and I'll know who took your things in twenty minutes, or your deposit will be cheerfully refunded. Fine, Jeremy grumbled. Abigail cleared her throat. throat) I can't refund you if you haven't actually given me the five dollars in the first place, she said. Jeremy snorted in outrage, but took five dollars out of his wallet and threw it on the desk. You're a real mercenary, you know that? he asked. The very best there is, she smiled, tucking the money in her pocket. Let's get to work. A Saturday story circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the They Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathory on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles.